listening to Cinema Spin. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cinema Spin. I am Matt, and along with me again, subbing for Jason, is Ben. Hey, everybody. Oh boy. Well, got some things to deal with here. First of all, um, we're going to move. We, uh, one of our movies that we're doing today is A Quiet Place. Normally, we do our new movie first, but because we're going to do a not a spoiler talk for it, we are going to move it to the second half of the show. That way, we can sign off, and uh, anybody who doesn't want to listen to the spoiler section can just be done with the podcast for this episode. So, I think that's the best way to do it. And if uh, you have any feedback on that, let us know. Our first movie is was picked at random by the randomizer, and it was 1972's Joe Kid. Movie directed by John Sturgis, who uh, directed The Great Escape and The Magnificent Seven and a bunch of other big movies. Pretty big time director for his time. I didn't realize that. As a story of a land dispute in New Mexico in the late 1800s, uh, John Saxon plays Louis Shama, and he represents the Mex- Mexican interest in this land dispute. And uh, Frank Harlan plays a. He's played by Robert, Robert Duvall, and he plays a guy who. He's determined to get the land for some reason. I guess he's sort of a... He's working for himself, but uh, he, he's determined to take the land at all costs. Right. And, and he'll do whatever it takes. And uh, he enlists the help of Joe Kidd, who's kind of somewhere in the middle of all this. Yeah. He's kind of like uh, <laughs> the star of the town in a way. Everybody knows who he is. Cult of personality. Yeah. If there yeah, is such a thing for that. Yeah, so the story takes place from there. What did you think of Joe Kidd? I uh, let me say that I like uh, Clint Eastwood westerns. Um, I I'll sit down and watch those anytime that they're on. Um, I just enjoy a lot of uh, just I enjoy the movies a lot. Yeah, if I didn't say I'd, Clint Eastwood stars as Joe Kidd here, and uh, so I was looking forward to this. Actually, I I've, this is one that I haven't seen. Not that I've seen them all, but I've seen a lot. This wasn't those type of movies. Um, this is a little different than like the um, the Italian ones, Fistful of Dollars, and all those. Right, right. Yeah, this is more of a traditional movie in a lot of ways. Strange things happen in this in this film. It's like people they they set on an endeavor, and the endeavor doesn't quite work out, so they just kind of walk away and do something else <laughs> without any kind of right. You know, the, this whole movie. A lot of it takes place in them, you know, putting things in place to go out to where the Mexicans are, you know, and confront Chama or whatever. Right. Well, they decide that, I guess they convince Chama to go through the courts for the dispute. Right. And they all just kind of, after gunplay and all this stuff, they just decide, all right, let's do that. Right. Yeah. I I mean, he he doesn't have much choice at this point because he's got this big posse after him. Well, he had a lot of people too. He, the, I just want to back up just a minute to oh sure the uh, you know the Italian westerns and stuff. It definitely wasn't that, but they at the same time the filmmaker tried to play on that because you know he started off in his not a suit but uh, you know the more the bowler the, right the more kind of uh, his town uh, uh, clothes uh, city attire if you yeah. will. And then all of a sudden, he gets mad, and then he's the same cowboy that he is in, <laughs> in all his other movies, right? Yeah, he right? gets the, the flat-brimmed hat out. Right. And, uh... and uh, so, yeah, so they go to uh, find this Chama guy who's causing problems because he's mad because the land's all being taken from the Mexicans. And I don't think they ever say what year this is. 
Well, it was that was I was going to bring that up. It was really hard to tell because on the I don't I don't think they were addresses, but you saw what looked like years on the buildings, and it, they all were like eighteen ninety something or eighteen eighty. So it was somewhere. Assuming those were years, it was somewhere right around the turn of the century there. But... Well, the, the fancy uh, the fancy pistol, automatic pistol, is a Mauser right. uh, 1896, so you know that that's it's at least after that. Right, but was did we still have towns like that in that? At that oh, point? yeah. So yeah, Even early 1900s, there were still towns very much like that, out, out west. Okay. So this is just, I, I just thought this was just a weird movie. It just, it, it didn't know exactly what it wanted to do as far as a narrative. It kind of bounced around. You know, I thought, you know, it was, it's beautifully shot. Yeah. Um, and it's um, well acted for the most part. Uh, I liked some of the music too. I, I did. Um, some of it I thought kind of stood out. There were some different types of music in it. And like but the scenes, like when they were kind of riding off, you know, I, there was, some of that worked. There was one part where they were riding into the town where with the priest and where they kind of set up in the, not the final confrontation, but where, you know, they finally tracked the guy down. They knew he was hiding. Right, everybody in the rock. was hiding in the church. And, and the music that they had when they were riding up, I'm like, that's really cool music. I, I really like that. And I found myself doing that a few times throughout the... Yeah, uh, I, thought, I thought so too. The, I, just thought, I just found the narrative very strange. Um, the part that I, I, you know, enjoyed the most um, is you've got this character in this movie... Um, Lamar, <laughs> played by Dan Stroud, <laughs> and you know he thinks he's such a badass, right? And uh, Joe, Joe Kid just abuses him on he, several. Yes, he does. <laughs> the, the, I laugh my ass off. There was one scene where you know it takes place right by a staircase, and he kind of attacks <laughs> Joe Kid, and he sends him tumbling down the staircase with zero effort whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, that was funny. The <laughs> the whole interaction between those two, and I don't know that it was supposed to be funny, but the, it, it's funny. Yeah, the guy was just flat out getting abused. I mean, he you know he just wanted to be the toughest guy in the room, and he just uh, right wasn't up to the task. Yeah, he had the coolest gun, but he couldn't uh, <laughs> he couldn't do anything. Couldn't back but, it up. And what was with? And I know that's a thing, but the little stock on that thing. Yeah, that gun has a weird. It seemed like when you're using that stock, it's it's supposed to be like a like a rifle attachment for that. Right. It's silly. What's funny is you know he, they kind of um, portray that gun as being sort of accurate. Well, it's no, no way. It's no. a pistol. Right. Yeah, I um, I had some problems with like you said the their lack of commitment to whatever it is that they were doing. Yeah, it was strange. I've never seen a, a movie quite like that. You know, Chama is up there talking about how he'll let everybody else be a martyr for his cause because that way they'll, you know, people will understand he's serious. And then all of a sudden he's like, all right, we'll just go to the court. He gets convinced, yeah. Right, the, awfully easy. And and all the all the people who are with him, the you know, his hardcore followers are like, well, we're not going to let you do that. Okay, no, that's okay. That's fine. This is a uh, based on a book or or writing by Elmore Leonard. Tarantino did Jackie Brown of his, gotcha. and uh, Justified, the TV show, is based on Elmore Leonard's writing, among other things. Right, you know, Get Shorty is all you know. He's been been uh, adapted in Hollywood many times. This is probably one of the first ones I would I would think. Exactly what you said there. That it's it's like there's no commitment to the to the story that it sets up. What happened? I. I at one point, dozed off. And, In this movie? Yeah. 
because it's paced so quickly. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I dozed off a little bit, and I, I woke back up, and I rewound it because I, I kept feeling like I missed something. I kept rewinding it. At one point, uh, Robert Duvall's character fires... Yeah, why did he fire him? Why did he fire him? I don't know. What did he do? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had the exact same thought. It's on my list here. Kid, you're fired. Why did he fire him? I know. I mean, and then the woman um, who asks asks Joe Kid when he first meets her, "Do they know?" Right. I never really figured out what. Well, she was in the courthouse, and he was in the courthouse, and he he knew that she was with. Oh, okay. Him. That's that was okay. I was thinking bigger I mean, picture than that. I so. could be wrong. No, that that could make sense. I'm sure that um, Duvall's character doesn't know that kid is well versed in all these people and knows them pretty well, right. which they hint at at least. And they should have given Robert Duvall's character a curly mustache. <laughs> it it would have suited him more. <laughs> it's it's funny. This is 1970. Two. two right right it's like robert duvall stayed the same age for like 30 years his it's hair like... just got you know lighter <laughs> color yeah he uh I, i've never seen him in a part like that before um i don't watch a lot of robert duvall movies so I'm not saying there isn't something out there where he plays a bad guy and you know as sinister as he tried to be in that movie but he was definitely mean-spirited i don't know if it was I guess it was i don't know it just didn't seem right it was it was weird yeah th- this movie just didn't quite land for me i it, i was kind of thinking i was gonna like it in the first like 15 minutes and i, yeah, I didn't hate it or anything right right it just didn't quite um live up to my expectations uh a couple things here uh we've got Jan- john saxon who is an italian-american playing the mexican lead in this movie which well um <laughs> that's commonplace back then it is but we don't look too kindly on it anymore you know it's just something that... I, I don't think most of those folks who were playing uh, mexicans yeah. were of any type hollywood of hollywood does not descent. have a good reputation for that you know right. especially with like you know the american you know native americans and, and whatnot too right he walks in to this lady's room at the beginning, right? Yeah. And just starts kissing her after like two minutes of uh, of some just quick banter. And I thought, oh, well, they're going to show that they know each other from some other thing. Or they're going to come back to that. But no, no, they never came back to it. Never. Or I thought maybe, you know, maybe the woman really wasn't with Harlan. Maybe it was like right. his daughter no, or apparently sister. apparently not. No. <laughs> they were together and this all just happened. Yeah. D- did you notice that... Uh, the blood in this movie was, was awfully like red paint red. Yes, it was. <laughs> I, uh, Atticus watched it with me because he likes all that old stuff. <laughs> uh, he watches at my parents' house a lot, and so I, I knew he'd enjoy it. And that's at the end. He's like, "Why is the blood that color? <laughs> like that's just how they did it back then. It wasn't always well, like that's that. That's how they but, did it in this, right? <laughs> I just we got any uh, stage blood? No. We have any red paint? We'll make it work. <laughs> <laughs> now um probably the highlight moment in this film for me and when i laughed out loud again is when <laughs> kid rides the train not only <laughs> through the building but into the place where he wants to make his attack and just kills people shooting out the engine of the train which was just freaking hilarious <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's going to chase him outside by destroying the building. No, he actually drives into the building. But he didn't mean to drive into the building. He was trying to stop, but he couldn't get it to stop. <laughs> you could see he was reaching for the thing, and it like wasn't moving. You could see the surprised look on his face, and he just rolled with it. 
That was funny. Yeah. When it broke into the saloon and he just started shooting, I was like, oh, that's that's hilarious. The the other thing that I found, uh, and and again, I I am not familiar with that time period. The couple times they showed the inside of the saloon, one time at the beginning when Joe Kidd was in there after he got let out of prison or whatever, and he walks out eating a sandwich that looks... Did they have bread and lunch yeah, meat like that? Cuts? Right, I don't, don't think so. You don't think so, because you think it'd be like, of course, you know, ham is uh, cured, so right. You know, we think of it needing to be refrigerated all the time, but I guess it doesn't. Yeah, but it was all sliced up all nice and neat. Yeah, and... it was like a sandwich spread. I right. thought that was a little strange. And then but you I mean... saw it on the little platter at the end when the train went through. They had it out there, and he's like slathering like mustard on it, and stuff. I'm like, what? That very well could be how it was. I just didn't know that. that. Yeah, I yeah. did. I, like I said, I'm not familiar. lack of knowledge on that time period as far as the the eating. Same, but it just seemed odd to me. I'd never seen that before, and I, I don't know why. Even if it was that way, why would you include that in the movie? <laughs> I guess just having to a sandwich. Show his nonchalant attitude towards everything. I guess I, I don't know. There's another part where uh, when they're trying to get back into town, the the the, uh, the fancy. Uh, Sharp, sharpshooter for the bad guys, Olin Mingo. Mingo, that's it, yeah. He's up on the rock shooting at him from, you know, first of all, uh, you know, Clint says, I think he's out of range. And then all of a sudden the shots start hitting next. So so at that point, <laughs> Clint Eastwood grabs a rifle and slowly assembles it. He couldn't have done it any slower. <laughs> as the guy is still taking pot shots at the group. <laughs> And he finds that and he ends up hitting somebody and killing him. It was him. He killed he... the Mingo guy. No, oh, but yeah, I mean, Mingo guy. killed somebody yes. before yes. Uh, he got that rifle put together. Yes, that was. <laughs> yeah, I wrote down. Uh... Zack Snyder would have been proud, but it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't slow motion. <laughs> I wrote down he casually puts the rifle together while they're <laughs> getting shot at. <laughs> and he wasn't really undercover either. He was pretty much sitting straight up. Yeah. Yeah. There's a. Uh an issue here with pacing you know mm-hmm. you know i know older films aren't paced the way modern films are and they took their time more but this one yeah but you can appreciate some of the older stuff that's yeah. paced slower but this didn't really have anything well sometimes the slower pace is like to serve a purpose and this felt like just like this isn't that long of a movie no and it takes like 30 minutes to like set the premise up right you know, we go to this trial we you know you know, you're getting to know Joe and what we can expect from him, but uh, dang, right? You know, I, I just thought it was you know pretty slow going to get started. You know, after the uh, Chama guy sets the uh, attacks the courthouse, the law, uh, the sheriff, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. Did they really ever say he was the sheriff? Yeah, he was the well, whatever he was. He was the guy who seemed to be the head honcho right. at the sheriff office. Whatever he was, <laughs> you know, he's putting the uh, posse together to go after him, and they can't, you know, uh, they're like, well, we need Joe. We need Joe Kidd. And he's like, I don't have any problem with Chama. And so they take off, right, and they can't find him. And through the course of that escape, uh, Joe Kidd killed one of the members of his gang because he attacked him. I mean, he right. ran him off, and then the guy came back in and tried to kill him, so Joe Kidd blew him away. So for retribution, they steal his horses and tie up somebody who works on his farm, I guess, with barbed wire. Yeah. But they didn't kill him. They did not kill him. And now he goes from, I don't got a problem with him, to I'm going to go blow his head off, you know, <laughs> or help somebody blow his head off, whichever, you know, whichever comes first. It's just there was everybody. This is another one of these like giant leaps of, char- of their character. their mind very quickly. Yeah. That's, right. that's what I found to be the. 
theme over and over again. Yeah, I wrote down, oops, 30 minutes in, kid has put his business hat on. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's funny. It's not, I guess funny is not the right word, but it was. They introduce him as like, you know, the the mean drunk of the town is yeah. how you introduce this character. And with no backstory, with no nothing whatsoever, all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, he was a bounty hunter and a tracker and, you know. <laughs> you name it. Right. He, he's good at killing people. He's great at making sandwiches. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you have anything else on Kid Joe before we let it go? Uh, no. Sorry to sidetrack that. Oh, that's just... all right. This this whole review is kind of all over the place. <laughs> It was kind of an all over the place review for an all over the place movie. That, that's it's that's it's, it's appropriate for the movie. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, the movie can't hold a train of thought. So why the hell would well, I be why, able to? Why should we? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> all right, well that's gonna do it for Joe Kid. Um, before we go, I uh, want to pick the random movie for next week's show. So let's give that thing a spin and see what it ends up on. Feels like this is gonna be a good one. I I, I can just tell. All right, the year is 1982, and the film is Class of 1984. Wow. I have no idea what that is. It's uh, supposedly some kind of uh, gang movie set in like the near future, because it's in 1982. That's right. But I believe it's uh, Michael J. Fox's film debut as a child, so that should be interesting. I have never heard of that. Class of 1984. All right, well, that's going to do it for uh, Joe Kidd. We'll be back after this quick message. Hey, Jason, people keep asking me on the street, how can they get a hold of us at the podcast here? Yes, um, if you would like to uh, make any comments or you'd like uh, to send your uh, compliments or your complaints, um, there are a couple ways you can reach us. Uh, we are uh, available via old-fashioned email at cinemaspinpodcast at yahoo.com. And if you really want to have some fun, um, uh, join us on Twitter. If you're into Twitter, you can reach us at cinemaspin. Um, and uh, we provide lots of content there. Um, I comment about movies and, uh, and uh, make a variety of witticisms. So, uh, so please uh, join us uh, on Yahoo or, at, uh, or on email. So We'd love to hear from you. Yep. Okay, we are back on CinemaSpin. And to tell us about our next movie is Ben. All right. So this week, do we need to tell them about spoilers and stuff on this one? What we're going to do is uh, Quiet Place Part 2. Um, we're going to just review it, and then at some point we will talk spoilers, but we'll let you know before we do, and you can just sign off and be done with the show for the day. So. Alrighty. So this one is A Quiet Place 2, uh, which is the sequel to 2018's creature feature, A Quiet Place. Uh, this stars Emily Blunt, Millicent Simmons, and Killian Murphy. movie takes place in modern times. Uh, but the world's overrun by monsters who are hypersensitive to sound and are prone to rampant destruction to stop the noise. What'd you think of the movie? Uh, I should say directed by John Krasinski. Oh. Um, I like this movie. It, uh, it, it worked for me. I have a couple issues with it, but uh, coming on the heels of Army of the Dead specifically, this is not a zombie movie but it kind of is it's the same basic premise it's it's um 
the world's kind of ended. Society as we know it is broken down. It's not because of zombies in this case. Right. Substitute zombies for for the monsters. Sure. It, it doesn't really matter. And I think that especially this shows the difference between somebody who has no craft as a director, like like uh, Zack Snyder, and somebody who has skill here. I, I thought it was pretty well done. I liked the I liked the first movie, and uh, I think I like this one just as much. I was uh, mediocre on the first one. There were things I liked, things I didn't, and I felt pretty much the same way about this movie. Uh, although I will say that by the end of the movie, I was pretty frustrated with the movie. Um, there were some things that happened that uh, were awfully convenient. I don't know. Uh, I just feel like the whole premise of being quiet and not attracting uh, the attention of the uh, monsters was good i really like that but then the choices that these people made in a lot of cases knowing that that's the world that they live in at this point were, was just dumb i didn't i didn't really see any of that personally um to, for me the the quiet thing um, adds quite a bit of tension to this movie you know I, I just think that you know we mentioned last week i hate to go back and pick on Zack snyder's that's epic army of the dead but, you know how we were, you know how we're shooting hordes of zombies and there's no cost to anything we're just you know and almost to the point where we don't have to reload the guns we're just we're just endlessly shooting at endless right. zombies and i just thought you know i'll use an example there's a scene here where there's a shotgun involved and we actually use the actual limitations of the gun as a tension point you know right how it works you know there's there's a shot fired and it needs to be cocked before it can be and she's struggling to do that as the the you know the creatures right play. i just thought that really worked really well and it's just an example of there's just a few set pieces here i thought were really well done um i thought as far as like anything that happens in the movie a lot of it is like kind of like earned by little nods to certain things that are that, you know people learn things that are kind of uh, spotlighted earlier on in the movie, and they kind of pay off later. People don't just pull things out of their butt. They like there's a reason why the, the, you sh- they, the movie showed them learn this earlier in the movie, right? And I thought that was pretty well done. I mean, at the heart of it, this is just a simple movie, right? It's not true. A, just a simple little horror movie. It's not trying to be anything more than that. I mean, it's it's uh, it's just a simple little thriller, like you said, uh, and um, I think it succeeds in doing that. So this movie, this is this is kind of dumb, paid so much attention to their feet. There were so many feet shots in this movie. <laughs> I mean, it was excessive. And we get it. They need to be quiet. We know that. We don't we know that they're walking around barefoot. We know their feet are going to be bloody. We don't need to keep seeing their feet all the time. I think it's trying to spotlight how many perils there are on the ground. There's always something that's going to cause excess noise. I mean, is it, you know, at the point where the, they've got this little path of like powder that they walk on, when that ends, is it better to walk on the sticks or would you be better off in the grass? I mean, it's just things I was kind of thinking. You know? Right. And, and, you know, when that happened, it, it obviously I was, oh man, how are they, you know, they're going to be more careful to navigate that. I mean, I, I get the, the sense of what they were trying to uh, portray, but we don't always have to do that by looking at their feet. There just there was a lot of feet. I just was laughing by the end of it because of 
oh look they're trying to be let's show their feet <laughs> never occurred to me. <laughs> never was a thought in my head but uh i i, I mean I, i'm not, not going to dispute your point that there are a lot of feet in the movie but uh you know everybody has two feet by the way i i understand <laughs> that there there are so many questionable decisions that are made by these folks that it's just it, it was hard for me to overlook some of that I, I again, I understand what he's trying to do, and I'm not even saying that it was not done well. I just thought that some of the things that were uh, in there to put tension, some of the things carried over from the first one. I thought they were stupid in the first one. I still think they're stupid in this one. For example, she's having a baby, which happened after all this took place. It's not like she was pregnant before the well they don't they don't really say well but you know because they give you day counters and okay it's day 400 something here right at the end Um, right and the this movie picks up right after the end of the first one so right right so you know that this is a decision that (laughs) that they made whether on purpose or not decision is maybe not well okay very poor planning let's put it that way and and then they <laughs> they're gonna put the baby in this little box well family planning is a little tough in this situation because well, once you put the biscuit in the basket there's not much you can do about it well when it comes to uh <laughs> getting eaten by a monster maybe uh you know do without for a little bit until you get the you know things situated to some degree um but they built this box to put the baby in. Right. Now, we have kids. I'll tell you, I know my kid, both of them, they didn't stay that size for very long. And that box wasn't very big that they're going to put this baby in to help muffle the sound. And their plan is to put the baby in there and then carry them around. That is, uh, I guess, a good idea. Sort of. I think originally the baby box was just to be, you know, they, he didn't plan on dying. Well, I, I understand that. You know, I mean, I, it was just to be meant to be used there for that particular time period. Well, but babies cry for a while. They, well, you have to build a new box at some point. <laughs> well, that, that's right. But, I mean, you know, it seemed like that building of the one box was a very time-intensive, uh, you know, labor project. Okay. I'm just saying, it bothered me, and it continued to bother me at this one that they're hauling a baby around in <laughs> in a box. Um, I understand why they did it. I just I was annoyed in the first one. It carried over into this one. Should have built an elastic box. <laughs> 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 Let's see. I, I would uh, you know I would highly recommend this movie personally. Um, if you know you know it is what it is. I, I enjoyed it. Um, we're gonna get to some spoiler talk here at some point. Yeah, if you like the first one, you'll like this one. I think so. All right, uh, from this point on, we're going to talk spoilers, so if you're not into that, I guess now would be the time to sign off. We'll see you next week for the class of 1984 and a unchosen uh, newer movie that uh, we don't know what it's going to be because it's a really weak, weak, weak. We'll figure something out. Thanks for listening, and a spoiler talk from here on out on The Quiet Place. Yes, the ending I did not care for. I thought it was... uh, a little unresolved for, you know. Right. You know, if you want to do the Empire Strikes Back thing, and this is the middle movie of a trilogy, at least you had 
at least Empire Strikes Back puts the people, most of the people in a safe place. And says, right. Here they are until, you know. So I, I, they lost me completely when you finally figure out that the monsters can't swim. And you got the one sitting on the boat. And the boat just, ha- there are infinite number of places for that boat to drift to. And it just happens to drift to the one tiny little place where they all are. As soon as I heard that clanging, I'm like, at first I thought, oh, somebody's got one captured here and it's contained. But when he went around that corner and I saw that boat bang, I, I'm, I, I, they lost See, that, me right that there. That didn't bother me at all. What bothered me is the fact that they can't swim. I think that's pretty dumb. Well, okay. I mean, but let's talk about the monsters though. The problem you have, I mean, see, this is the kind of thing where you shouldn't, it's, when you're nitpicking a movie this hard, it's lost you. You know, I mean, it's like, it's like you're not, there's something's, you've already missed something. You know what I mean? It's like, once you get to the point where you're picking on stuff like that, it's like, it's already, the movie's gone in your eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I thought, I thought they could have done a better job instead of having the boat come. I thought that was dumb. Why don't you instill that suspense or gore, whatever you're going for there, on the return trip to go get them? Why does it have to be in the one safe place that they found? I mean, from a certain from a certain standpoint, I get it, but I just the odds of it getting there are so. I well, mean, here's here's my my issue. It goes back to how the movie ends. All right, you would never want this movie to be another hour of them going back to get the other people. That that'd be horrible, you know. Uh, right. This kind of movie should not be two and a half hours long. No. Um, another Zack Snyder. Uh, right. Um, you know, this is uh, this hour and a half, hour forty minutes is the perfect length for a movie like that. So I see why they didn't want to, you know, add a bunch of stuff in and and get them to a safe point, the whole family. But yeah, when they came up with the idea, there there might be. St- you know, safety on this island, I was hoping would be something better than the monsters can't swim. Well, they got hooks for hands or claws, so. Well, yeah. It's hard to swim like that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, um, or, you know, maybe (laughs) they get swimmers here because they have all those openings (laughs) around their hearing. (laughs) Maybe that's what it is. Right. You know, so that wasn't my favorite thing, but I just was like, ah, oh, I'm, 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 you know, I'm enjoying this. I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with it. So there are these things in almost every movie, right? Yeah. And it's just willing, you know. I, like I said, a lot of, I didn't hate the first one, but there was so much annoying stuff that it, it, I definitely wouldn't, I didn't understand all the hype around it. I like it. decisions that people made. I, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't, don't follow. I mean, I'm sure that there's probably something that, I, I, nothing was like, oh, why would they do that? That's stupid. I, I never, never felt that. Well, you know, and again, I understand that kids are kids, but again, they know the environment that they're in, right? They're, they're talking all the time about how the parents have prepared them for this and they know what's going on. But the one, the one boy who's left behind to watch the baby decides to get up and start exploring around to look for his mom. Now, he knows better than that. And, you know, I'm pretty sure that a old, decayed, dead woman is not the worst thing that he's seen in his young life either. 
Right, I'm just sure he wasn't expecting it. Right. Kids do make bad decisions. That's why they're kids. They do. The fact that he has this, you know, crushed leg or whatever, why would he go out and go rambling around is is a good good point. Here's another thing that bothered me. The place where they were staying, right? It's got this huge, huge, solid metal door that they have to put up and down as they crawl in and out of it, right? Yeah. She arms that thing down with one hand like it's no problem uh, when she gets out, Emily Blunt's character, when she decides to go off to get the medicine or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then he is moving it up and down. Like, that thing would weigh a ton with how thick that steel... It was huge, man. And they're just moving it around like no problem. Well, it's l- probably l- made of wood. It's paper, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a prop, it's prop door. <laughs> And but that by itself would be noisy as I'll get out too. I just I, I would have been happier if the baby would have cried at the wrong time. I know that's pretty cliche and and obvious. I would have been much more okay with something like that than yeah, see, how usually that all when, when out. I when I get into this mode that that I've already not liked the movie. I mean that's just if I'm bored enough to start picking right then then, then it's over. Sure. Yeah. I, n- I never you know I never got to that point. Maybe part of it's because I hadn't been to a uh, movie theater since 2019. <laughs> Could be. So uh, maybe that was part of it. The sequence with, that I mentioned with the shotgun, you know, how you're using the actual way the shotgun works. I, I thought, thought that, that was, was great. Cool. The scene when, uh, at the beginning, whenever she's all of a sudden flying down the street and then she's got to back up because the bus is coming. That, that was pretty cool. Too. Yeah, that was good. So I was kind of uh, in it by then, you know. So uh, unless something really abrupt happens... I'm probably not going to get out of where, you know, enjoying it out of that zone into, into the, into the nitpick zone. But, uh, you know, even, even my son who went with me, he did, he agreed. He found the ending to be very unsatisfying. Yeah. Sure. You know, sure. They're going to make another one, of course. Right. I, I liked, uh, Killian Murphy's character and I like the, it gives him a chance to be not a villain. Right. For once, which is pretty weird. Right. And I liked, uh, the daughter. Yeah. I thought she was good, really good in this. The scenes with them and uh, up until the you know the last sequence for me, I, I enjoyed those parts of the movie. I, I thought those were you know pretty well done, and um, I, I didn't find oh. them frustrating. <laughs> and then when the when the boy hit the bear trap though, that was pretty. Oh, good that was Ugh. that was horrible. Yeah, that was that was actually pretty tough to watch. I I, I should have seen <laughs> that coming. Or something to that extent, but uh, right. I still, even when that happened, I was not uh, not prepared for that. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us on this episode of Cinema Spin. We'll be back next week with, again, that class of 1984 and a new movie to be named later, which, ugh, I don't know. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>